Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We just did the ACC blind resume to figure out who is going to win player of the year. Pittsburgh lost last night. It's been an unpredictable season. Mike Jeminski, a Duke legend and current color analyst for Bally Sports, now joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike, we appreciate the time, and I'll ask you a question to lead us off here, something we were discussing earlier. Just how unpredictable has this season been compared to other ACC years that we've had in years past? Well, it, it's been crazy, and uh, thank you all for the opportunity for a diversion. I'm, I'm vacationing up in Syracuse this week. Um, <laughs> I, did, I, did, uh, I did their uh, Georgia Tech game, and, I'm, and I stayed up here. I've got their uh, Wake Forest game on Saturday. So uh, I, I left my cabana down by the pool to come up and do this. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. that, yeah, man. 100%. <laughs> like, I know Syracuse is beautiful this time of year, but I appreciate you working on vacation. Well, and, you know, to your question, I mean, you know, this was Miami's regular season to win, and then Florida State beats them with a half-court shot from Cleveland. And then it was Pitt's regular season to win. And, you know, I, I kind of get uh, last night as emotional as that was for, you know, all of his players and for Mike Bray, his last home game. Um, the game must have took forever because there were 60-plus free throws shot that game. But, um, you know, just just crazy stuff and uh, still a lot of movement up and down, uh, up and down the, you know, the league and the standings right now going into the ACC tournament. Well, and Mike, we've had a lot of conversation. Just how good is the ACC this year? Because now you have ACC figureheads defending the conference and a bunch of listeners are defending it. National pundits are saying that the ACC is way down. And I wanted to ask you about Jeff Capel's comments where he said he was watching the ACC network. And one of the questions was just how disappointing or just how down is the conference this year. And he was saying how he doesn't see that type of question on the big 10 network when he watches it, just how should we evaluate the Atlantic Coast Conference in 2022 and 2023, and are you understanding of Jeff Capel's comments? Yeah, I am, and uh, you know, to an extent. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an employee of the league per se, mm-hmm. um, and you want and you want to have your pom poms out, but people aren't stupid, and you have to be honest and and give your honest opinion on things. Now, I, you know, I will say from, and this is historically speaking, from a national standpoint. If both Duke and Carolina are having quote-unquote down years, the perception of the league is down. I mean, that's that's just life in college basketball nationally. And, you know, the fact is, within the conference, I, I think, you know, Jeff was speaking, you know, there are no gimmies. And his, you know, he starts out one and three with his team, and they came on and nobody saw them where they are right now at the beginning of the year. And I think, you know, from game to game in conference, it's, you know, it's it's a fight. I mean, Syracuse saw that with Georgia Tech the other night. Um, you know, there are teams that are getting better. So nationally, I, I don't think it, you know, historically it's where it's been. Um, you know, I, I think 
the Power Five conferences is probably fifth right now. Um, and, you know, as far as getting teams in the tournament, I think there are three locks with Virginia and Miami and Duke. And But there are, you know, Team Pitt's got work to do. Certainly that loss against Notre Dame didn't help their cause. You know, the Wolfpack probably in, um, I would think, need a win in their first round of the ACC tournament to really lock that up. You know, Carolina and Clemson have some work to do. So, uh, you know, I think things will get figured out certainly next week up in, up in Greensboro. But, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would, I would say the conference – top to bottom nationally is not as strong as it's had been. Mike, Wes Bryant here. And yeah. what what has been your take of just what's happened in the last week, whether you talk about uh, Carolina beating Virginia, Clemson blowing out NC State. Uh, you saw last night Notre Dame beating Pitt and then Florida State shocking comeback against Miami. I mean, it's just been crazy. We've been calling in an alternate universe, so to speak. But what's your hmm. take on what's happened at the top of the league in the last week and a half well it's the reason why i don't gamble um (laughs) i I think you could look at any one of those games that you saw take a look at the line and say all right i got a pretty good feel how this one's going to go and uh uh, then it goes the other way um you know I, i just probably the one that was most um Surprising to me was Miami's loss to Florida State, being up 26 at home, where they'd been undefeated. Um, you know that one is that one's kind of that one was really shocking. Especially they had two games left at home. They had the regular season in their hands, and you know they still they're still you know the game Saturday is going to decide everything. Um, so they got lucky that way with Pitt, um, you know, getting nicked by Notre Dame. But, uh, you know, I, again, I think there, it, it illustrates that there was no dominant team this year. And given, you know, uh, given a great shooting performance, you know, Clemson, that was as dominating. I thought that Clemson-NC State game was going to be great. I was looking going into that, you know, from a broadcasting standpoint, say we're going to have a really good show. And Clemson just, you know, they just took that game by the throat, did the jump ball and never looked back. Um, and I, I know that was a disappointing finish for, you know, for Kevin Keats at home. And then, Mike, so we did a, a blind resume game here on the show, just a little bit of go where I just read out six guys' resumes and we had to pick who we thought was the player of the year just off of that. Walker chose Jarkel Joyner. Fitty picked Jamarius Burton of Pitt. What do you think of those two guys as player of the year and do you have a guy that you have pinpointed at this point? Because this has been as hard to pick as anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree as far as the difficulty. I think that there were, you know, if, if you had asked me a month or so ago, I would say Hunter Tyson was a lock. And, you know, he's had a, a stretch where he hasn't played as well. And I think all of the guys, Terquavian Smith, I think, was, you know, at some point a lock. and, and uh, But Joyner has been the best player on that team in the last, month or so and you know for the voters the you know how they finish and where the teams land in the standings factor in um but you know for me i i would guess that baycott would probably win it just trying to guess where the voters are going you know i think appleby is having a historic year uh nobody's ever led the conference in scoring and assists 
Um, and I think that you have to recognize that. And, um, you know, the, the two guys that you mentioned, you know, in the last month or so, has Joyner been the best player in the conference? So you could make that argument for sure. But I think over the course of the season um, that Appleby, and this would be the second consecutive portal guy that uh, Steve Forrest has gotten that would win player of the year. But, um, I, you know, I, to me, I would, I would probably vote for him. It's Mike Jaminski on the Body Works Plus guest hotline joining us to talk some ACC basketball. Mike, I want to talk about your alma mater and the Duke Blue Devils, 22-8 and eight right now. They are towards the top five. They are in the top five of the uh, of the conference in the standings, and they have North Carolina next to finish out the regular season. And here's John Shire boasting an undefeated home record in his first year ever as Duke's head coach. What do you make of the season they've had, especially here recently going on this five-game winning streak? Well, I, you know, I think things would have been better for them had Lively and Whitehead been healthy right from the start. Um, that, I think, slowed things down, although I think that probably gave Filipowski a, a chance to shine and to really blossom. Um, you know, I think that their backcourt has really been a big part of this resurgence with both Roach and Proctor. Um, they're going to be big factors going forward. And, you know, this, this team's strength has been their front line all year long, but I think their backcourt is going to be, uh, you know, the reason why they, if they continue to get better and continue to win. What do you think of North Carolina's tournament chances as it stands right now, still needing to do some work, especially against Duke and at the beginning of the ACC tournament? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just, again, I, I mean, I don't want to revisit a storyline again and again, but I think it just speaks to how important Manic was to what they did last year. Um, they haven't had that guy get hot, and they are certainly are not peaking or growing as they did at this time last year going into the tournament. So, they, you know, they're, they're a big question mark. Um, you know, Pete Nance had a terrible game over in, over in Durham and, uh, he's going to have to play and continue continue to play well, you know, Baycott's been steady, but they, you know, he had a quiet double double in that first game. But again, the backcourt of, um, of love and RJ Davis, um, you know, and, and love has, he's been so streaky. I know he's mixed. He's made some big shots in his career for sure, but the two of them have to get on a roll for things to really improve for North Carolina. Mike, who's the team that you see? We've seen Boston College really call in some damage the last couple of weeks with them beating Wake and them beating Virginia. Who's a team that's a sleeper going into the ACC tournament that could make a deep run? Yeah, I mean, BC, With uh, you talk about what ifs. If Quentin Post had been healthy from them from the start, we probably be talking about them as a tournament team. Um, they've been very tough down the stretch, and they're going to be dangerous um, coming out of Tuesday. Uh, you know, I would expect them to get that win. Actually, they they have a chance um, to, to go past uh, Syracuse. If Syracuse loses to Wake and BC wins, you know, BC moves to Wednesday, Syracuse slips to Tuesday. So um, that's, that's still in play. Um, uh, and I would say, you know, Georgia Tech, from what I saw the other night, uh, they've gone small. Um, Davon Franklin has been playing out of his mind. And they, you know, they made 17, 18 threes in that game. So, you know, if they're shooting um, and continue to shoot that way, they are going to be a real problem in the tournament as well. 
All right, uh, speaking of Boston College, Ashton Langford hitting that shot to beat Wake Forest was sensational. Got me thinking, Mike, what is your favorite shot that you ever hit in your collegiate or NBA career? Doesn't matter. Pick anyone. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, it wasn't a a game winner, but I hit – actually, I converted a lob at the end of a game against the 86 Celtics to give me 41 points for the game uh, as my career high. And I really – I was at 39, and I really wanted 40. So, and and we actually we won the game too. So, you know, that made it uh, even sweeter. Um, and I would I would say, um, you know, I I had the game winning tip in against Maryland in the 1980 uh, ACC tournament final, um, and then I I made two free throws our first ACC tournament game and as of my sophomore year, I run to the final four that, uh, that won the game for us. And, you know, so I, you know, I would say those two, um, and you know, those two in college and, and that one in the pros were, you know, I never had anything, you know, overly dramatic, but as far as the team was concerned, those were the most important. The 86 Celtics, I, they went 67 and 15. They were the NBA champions. Yep. You, you dropped 40 on them. Yeah, and well, Walker, I also had 23 rebounds. Mm. Oh, that's a monster! Don't forget game. that. That's a monster yeah, well, game. That, uh, yeah, the the all the planets were aligned that night for some reason, and uh, you know, I, and somebody on YouTube actually put together a highlight of every point I scored in that game. So if you if you Google that, or if you go on YouTube and look that up, you can you can see the buckets. But you know, against. Parrish and and um, Walton and McHale, um, I you know I, I took a lot of pride individually in that game. Wow, dropping forty and twenty against the eighty six Celtics—that is a hell of a dismount to this interview with one Mike Jeminski <laughs> here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike, it's so much fun to catch up with you once again. Let's do it again soon. Sounds good, Walker. Thanks, Mike. Thank you guys. Thanks.